Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a author of a modern classic on discipleship. He's back in the 40s, a German pastor uh, during the time of Hitler and, and World War II. That's just a fun fact on the side. He, of the many things that he wrote on, one of the things he wrote on was the importance of the death of the wish dream. The wish dream we all have of what Christian relationships and church community should look like for us. The, the wish dream that in every church, that when you walk through the doors on a Sunday morning, that every face would be full of joy and warmth and ready to welcome you as you come in. The wish dream that someone would always be there to ask you enough questions to make you feel valued, challenge you enough to keep you growing, be polite and patient enough so as to not make you grow too quickly, a wealth of people that will always be there to pray for you and several people who will know just that perfect time to pick up the phone and call. It's the wish dream that, that in a church that every Christian would, I don't know, well, reflect Christ-likeness back to one another. And so that this thing called church feels like home and it's an experience of family, especially on the weeks where you feel like a stranger everywhere else. Bonhoeffer says, sooner the better on experiencing the death of that wish dream not coming true so that you can get on with what Christian community really is and how it's received in Jesus. There's this understanding that if Jesus Christ were really at the center of our communities, that everything would turn out perfectly when, when we gather together in his name. Is there not? Uh, that's what happened when Jesus assembled the 12 and he fostered a closeness and collaboration amongst those 12 gentlemen. They had a community of grace and understanding and love. They uh, patiently addressed the flaws and failures amongst each other. They, they, they graciously encouraged each other towards a greater Christ-likeness. And out of the unity they, they experienced, they were able to spill over into love for the world and a love for their neighbor as themselves and to be that light that Jesus talked about in dark places. Actually... Almost none of that came true. If you were here this Christmas, as we talked through what this community of 12 people were like that Jesus brought together, you, you would have heard that these 12 put the fun into dysfunctional. All right? They, there was anger issues, greed, betrayal, opportunism. These, these guys were the ones that were quick to speak and slow to listen. When it came time to take the wealth of unity that they experienced amongst themselves and translate that over to a love to their neighbors as themselves, instead we find some of them trying to call down fire from heaven to blow up their neighbors. And, and you're pushing little kids away like they're a lesser in society and no neighbors at all. That's what happened with their wish dream. Uh, a lot of times uh, people will say, you know, what, you know what the answer is? We need to be more like the early church. Raise your hand if you ever heard another Christian say that. That's the answer here. We need to be more like the early church. Have you heard it said? Get, keep your hands raised and raise them higher if you've been the one to say that. Okay, I, I have too, and I, I've actually meant it, right? But, but you got to ask yourself, which early church? And, and what slice of time in that early church? Are we talking about the early church of Jerusalem where it was said that in that church community that everyone shared everything in common? They devoted themselves to prayer and to teaching and to relationships and so forth to the extent at which there was no needy persons amongst them. 
Are we talking about that church? That same church, where just four short chapters later, there are needy persons amongst them. Widows were being overlooked in the distribution of food, discriminated against for their Greek ethnicity. And that same early church who, one chapter later, has still been sluggish with the commission to go on to the ends of the earth, go to people that aren't in your immediate circle, give them the love and the good news of Jesus. They, they haven't yet. Or that same early church, by the time you get to Acts chapter 15, they're having whole council meetings, big arguments to settle just how Jewish someone needs to become before we will welcome them as a brother in Christian community. Are we talking about that early church? Because it's the same early church. Or when we say we want to be like the early church, are we, are we talking about the early church of Corinth, who was known for one church split after another and splitting up relationships along with it? Do we want to be like the early church of Galatia, who fostered so much extra-biblical legalism that they were coldly squashing relationships by adding one rule on top of another? Do we want to be like the early church of Colossae, who was so open to other relationships and other aspects of culture and other thought processes to the point at which it was becoming diluted? What does it actually mean to be a Christian in relationship and not just blend in with the rest of the world? And the list could go on. The list does go on. You, first few chapters of, of the book of Revelation, and you, you'd see the, the list as it continues. So all in all together, this is, this is turning into a terrible commercial, right? Like if you were on the fence about joining a church and, uh, and, and experiencing Christian relationships, wh why? S seriously, why on earth would you open yourself up in a real relationship inside of a church when we all have our stories of having been hurt by a church or being burned by a Christian? Wh why do it? It's because even in the fall short reflection of Christ that we so often are to each other, at least you reflect some of Christ. And it's more of Christ than you would have received instead of just hiding in a corner all on your own with your faith. And the Holy Spirit shows up and stirs us when at least two or three are gathered together in his name. We are stirred up in a way that would not happen if, again, it was just you on your own with Jesus. And part of the brokenness in another that's rubbing up against you, that's what's forming the grace that is required inside of you. And you ever notice when Jesus taught us to pray, he starts with the words what? Our Father? Not just my Father. There's a plurality he assumes. And Jesus didn't call just one to be a one inside of faith in him. He called one after another to, to be inside the 12, to be inside the 72, to be inside this thing that he calls a church that he was going to build and put his name on. That's where Jesus took us. And, and so in the series, when we're talking about repairs, we, we've been zooming in on the life of Peter as he's experienced the G in Jesus and how we need to repair that relationship with him. Inside of every Peter's story, as we get the zoom lens on him, so just, just right there behind him is another 11 gentlemen in community who are what? Go, going through the same thing. You're, you're zooming in on Peter, but the other 11 are experiencing the same. And that is a picture, I think, of what God has for you. Yes, in every instance, what is most important is the zoom lens of what you have with Jesus. 
Do not worry about someone else's relationship with Jesus more than you worry about your own relationship with him. That is first of most importance. But every time you are going through something as a disciple of Jesus, I'm pretty sure that there's at least 11 there right behind you going through the same thing. And it would be worth opening yourself up to them. Because something that you are going through is going to be of benefit to them, and something they're going through is going to be of benefit to you. Even though you're at the end of the day, your wish dream of whatever a perfect church and Christian community should always look like, it's probably just a dream. But God still has more for us there when we do get together. And so here's what we're doing today. We dedicated this whole service to not, not me talking about it, but to you actually experiencing it today. Uh, we want to give you, uh, in, in just a moment here, at, at your tables, or if you're online right now, well, we're going to redirect you to a Zoom chat room where we want you to practice what a real, meaningful, church community conversation would look like. we, we got to get good enough at this to the point at which that... You could ask someone a question, a real meaningful spiritual question about what God's doing in their life, and you can sit there long enough to hear and discern what, what Jesus is actually doing with that person. That we would know each other. Know each other at a level that goes beyond whether or not there's going to be a baseball season, how's the weather, and what, what's the kids doing these days? That, that somehow in the name of Jesus, we could go beneath the service. And, and one soul could learn another soul at, at a soul level.